As Reverend David said, I'm Sandy Dell. I'm your remote practitioner from Western Idaho. And as a spiritual practitioner, I, along with the rest of uh, the practitioners here, help folks see themselves as their divine selves. No matter what the circumstances or conditions that are present, we listen, we understand, and we pray with you. So now let's take a deep breath and breathe in spirit. On this new day, I recognize and rejoice in the presence of divine truth and light as it spreads over the world. The one mind, the one source, one divine presence of all love, joy, peace, wholeness, perfection, and happiness of spirit is here now. And here amongst us, as spirit is all things, seen and unseen, and permeates through all of us as us. We are all one with the divine presence, unified as each of us are one with spirit and one with each other. From this place of oneness, I speak my word. I claim true divine truth and light for all people. I see the power of the spirit of Christmas moving through all of us, creating love, peace, understanding, and compassion. Knowing that spirit is an all. I see light shining forth for me and for you. Remembering that each of us is whole and one with our fellow humans. We see divine truth in each other. Knowing our connection with spirit makes us all one. I am so grateful for knowing this truth. I rejoice in the divine light that shines through me and through you. And I am thankful to be here to share this with you today. Now I release my word joyously knowing it is already done as I let go and let spirit. And so it is. This month, our theme is that we are celebrating light. And so we, we are seeking to be conduits of that light. Last, last month, we were working on conduits of compassion. We are conduits of the light. The light is the light of love, the light of understanding, the light of wisdom. And so we're going to begin this first week um, as we celebrate light by embracing the shadow. And why do we start by embracing the shadow? It's to open up to the light. What we call shadow is only an aspect of ourselves. We all have shadows. We all have shadow, internally and externally. And our shadows are waiting to be embraced and reclaimed. Our shadows are waiting to be in the light of love also. So let's start by talking about light. In the first of the origin stories, it's in Genesis. Uh, and, and I use this because it's an archetypal story, because it's a teaching story. The first creation of God is light, capital L, light. And since the sun, moon, and stars wouldn't be created until the fourth day, this wasn't a physical light. This light would be the light of consciousness. This light would be the expression of the divine because light moves, light is in motion. It is the expression of the divine. The divine already existed, but the light is the expression. And then it also says that God separated this light from the dark, calling the light day and the dark night. 
And understanding that this is a story to explain the origins of life and the cosmos to a, a people that did not have anything like the scientific understanding that we have today and the perspective that we have today. So it has to be a simplistic story, and yet it's a powerful teaching story of the creative process. We can look at the archetypes the story reveals. And one is the primary importance and nature of light. It's the first thing created. The first thing created. And then another thing to look at, to be aware of, is the naturalness of dark. The naturalness of darkness, and that they are both good. So let's take this, this idea, this thought, this contemplation into our perception of life. You and I have our own day and night within, yes? We have our own day and night. We have our own light and dark. So we have our, our public persona. You know, right now I've got my public persona on, my minister, Sunday, morning, talk, public persona on. And if we bring that into the light. Each of us has this who we are, the self we think we should be, and the aspects of ourselves that we approve of and that we like. And most of those are actually based on cultural conditioning. Most of that is based on cultural conditioning. And then, also based on cultural conditioning, we have our shadows. The parts we don't approve of and the parts that we're afraid others won't approve of. And on a primal level, we fear that such disapproval will get us kicked out of the tribe, thrown out into the, the wilderness, and hung out to dry. You know, we spiritual types sometimes can sometimes get locked into the belief that light is good and darkness is bad. But since all is oneness, neither can be good or bad. We can certainly have a preference. You know, if I'm walking down the street at night, I prefer to have street lights or a flashlight. But if I'm trying to see the stars or a meteor shower, I prefer to have really deep darkness. I go to the place with the least light because I can't see and appreciate stars in bright light. Encountering our shadow can feel uncomfortable, but if we face it, we begin to reveal our light. But we tend to hide out of that fear, out of that fear of we're going to be isolated, we're going to be burned at the stake, we're going to be beaten up, we're going to be whatever it is, shamed and guilt-tripped. We hide our shadow selves from each other, and from ourselves. When we think of light, light does not create shadow. Light just is light. It's the objects which block the flow of light. Merriam-Webster uses the term intercepts the, the path or the flow of light that create shadows. It's the objects that create the shadows. And we can easily see this in the outer world. And as we grow in awareness, we can see it in our inner world. The blocks we create are not the actual practices or experiences themselves, but the judgments, shame, and guilt in which we wrap these practices, sort of like nasty little Christmas presents. We try to hide them away. The truth is, we all have shadow aspects. So let's take a simple example. We all have at least one area of our home, at least I presume we all have, most of us have, at least one area of our home that is not in perfect order, whatever that is. 
And for many of us, we feel shame or guilt about having that area. And whether it's a single drawer, whether it's a closet, a room, the basement, the garage, the backyard, or the whole house, we oftentimes have some shame or guilt around that area. When I lived in, in, uh, in Reading, I had a room, a bedroom, which, in which I had stuffed anything I didn't want to deal with. And it, the, the central feature of it was a whole stack of unopened, multiple stacks of unopened boxes from when I had moved in there that I just never unpacked the whole time I was there. It also had unfiled documents because after a while I couldn't reach the file cabinet. So everything just got piled onto other piles, which created, you know, a worse situation. It had tax papers, it had all sorts of stuff. And whenever guests came over, I would close that door and put a sign up that said, room of requirement, do not enter unless you want to die a most painful death. And yes, that's a merging of a couple of little Harry Potter things there. Even these days, I close my office door when guests come because it's always messy. And I also have this little thing that says, as a minister, mm, I shouldn't have a messy office. You know, because as a minister, I should be perfect, whatever that is. And so I feel shame and guilt around that room caused by my internal rules that say you shouldn't have a messy room, especially as a minister. Now, the core rule, you shouldn't have a messy room, I can easily trace back to my childhood. I had some, <laughs> quite a few, controlling and shaming experiences with my mother about order. My mother loved precise order and everything in its place. But my mother and I haven't lived together for decades. And now it's both a self-judgment and self-applied rules. When we're practicing judgment of ourselves or of others, the judgments and the associated feelings of blame, shame, and guilt block that flow of light and block that flow of love in which we're naturally immersed. And our culture has created so many rules uh, around things, and oftentimes they've become taboos. They've created, we've created or, rules around orderliness, emotional expression, sex, money, uh, approved careers, body shape and weight, the clothing we wear, you name it, we got, you know, there's cultural rules around it, and not all the rules are the same. Your, some of your rules are different than some of your other people's rules. All of these are rules that can prevent an honest self-expression. They're structures that we create to block that flow of light, that, that block the expression of the light within us. And they block the authenticity, the expression of the authenticity of who we are. So as we release from these rules, it doesn't mean that we have to go and shout, you know, from the rooftop, and we don't doesn't mean we have to go and automatically be messy. We don't have to go into total rebellion. You know, as when I when I got out of my house, you know, with having lived with my mother, it's like you know I I kept things messy just as a kind of a rebellion and a spite. You know, it's like if if you were only allowed to eat ice cream once a month as a kid, you know, you probably went out as when you got free and as an adult or as a, a college student maybe and bought ice cream every day or whenever you wanted to. So we don't have to go into to total rebellion. You know, I, I recently saw an article uh, online that was how to discreetly incorporate sex toys as Christmas ornaments. And we don't have to do that. But it does call for us, as we free ourselves from this, to do two things. The first is to accept and embrace our own shadows. Accept and embrace our own shadow. 
If God doesn't view the shadow as bad, why should we? You know, there's a story of a, of a farm agent who goes to visit a farmer that has this beautiful farm, big, beautiful farm. And they're talking and, and the, the farm agent says, you know, God has certainly blessed you with this beautiful farm. And the farmer sits and thinks about that for a moment. He says, yes, yes, God certainly has. But you should have seen the place when he had it all to himself. God has a different idea of perfection than most of us in our cultural views do. Thich Nhat Hanh says this about the shadow of suffering, and, and, and that's a shadow that many of us carry. He says, don't throw your suffering away. Use it. Your suffering is the compost that gives you the understanding to nourish your happiness and the happiness of your loved ones. Your suffering is the compost that gives you the understanding to nourish your happiness and the happiness of your loved ones. The truth is that because we all have shadows, we all experience suffering. And suffering itself is a shadow from which we try to hide and to hide from others. And especially in our teaching, you know, we, we have this thing that we're supposed to be happy, happy, joy, joy all the time, you know, and and if we're suffering, we have to do it ourselves. We can't reveal it to anybody else. That's why, you know, so many of you won't go see practitioners when you're, you know, you know, encountering a challenge because, you know, I don't want to let that shadow out and be seen. Who oh, no. You know, even though that's what practitioners are really skilled for is seeing the shadow and bringing in the light. That leads us to our second call. And that is to realize that everyone else has their shadows, their shames, and their guilts. They're places of judgment based on the set of rules that they usually didn't ever choose. We have global shadows. We have global shadows around racism. We have global shadows around you know, COVID right now. We have global shadows around the environment. We have global shadows around the politics. If we can recognize that all of this is shadows and most of us are working off of rules that we never chose and probably wouldn't consciously chose, we can begin to embrace ourselves and we can begin to embrace others. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them. Doesn't mean we have to you know, align ourselves with their preferences, but we can hold that shadow part of each other and love it and learn from it. See, these shadows, our shadows can help bring our rules to light. So we start to understand where have I been blocking the flow of light, of love, of prosperity, of good, of health, of, of authentic expression. And then we can choose to keep those rules or replace them. Because once we're re they're revealed, they can reveal where we don't allow that love to flow to ourselves or to others. And they can give us a chance to allow the light of love to shine into our dark places, which creates greater freedom. So this week, I invite you to engage in three spiritual practices. The first one is to invite your inner wisdom self to reveal an area of shadow in your life. That's literally sit down and, and take a moment, take a few minutes, take a few deep breaths, and just address that inner wisdom self within you. Show me a shadow that I'm willing to embrace, that needs my love. This is not to fix that shadow. This is not even to heal that shadow. It's just, can I love it? Can I love it? 
The second practice then is to spend time understanding this shadow. You know, you might give it a shape, a form, a, a persona, and ask it, what is, what is your origin? Where did you come from? And then notice where have you judged and condemned this shadow? And then you might ask yourself, and why do I continue to keep this? Why do I continue to keep mess, a messy room if I feel shame about it? You know, what is that about? And so we start to spend time understanding the shadow. And then the third thing is we contemplate infinite love. We've talked so often, I've talked so often about contemplation. We, we use contemplation rather than argument or fighting. We contemplate what we want in our lives. So contemplate infinite love and then let that love shine on that area of your life and let it reveal the gift that's hiding in this shadow. So are we good with that? Three practices. Invite yourself, your inner wisdom self to reveal an area that you're willing and ready to embrace. Spend time understanding the shadow and contemplate infinite love and let that love shine in that shadow. Are we good with that? A few thumbs. Great. Thank you. I want to close with a quote from uh, Joseph Lieberman. He says, a shadow is produced when an object blocks the light. Whenever we block the light guiding our life, we create a shadow. Only when we are transparent and in alignment with the source of light, as when the sun is directly overhead, does the shadow magically disappear. Only when we are transparent and in alignment with the source of light. So I invite you this week to be in alignment with that source of light. Let me bring up our affirmation here. And so join me in this affirmation. I let the light of love shine into every corner of my life and I am free. One more time. I let the light of love shine into every corner of my life and I am free. So let's take a moment to move into closing prayer. To remember that there is one life, one light, one love everywhere present that the whole world, this world, which is so vast to us and such a small part of the entire universe or universe says is immersed in this love is immersed in this light is one of this life energy. Always, always, And because that is true and because this life energy is all that there is, each of us is immersed in this right now. Each of us already is the life and the love and the light and the wholeness that this infinite consciousness, this infinite presence, this infinite beingness is. We are that. We can't be anything but that. And so I speak my word that this week we are willing to let the light of love shine upon the areas that we have held in shadow in the past and to love them, to embrace all the aspects of ourselves. Again, it doesn't mean we have to run out and shove it in people's faces. We just simply bring our love to this aspect of ourselves. 
Then we bring our light and our love into the shadow of the world, of each other, of all the people. We let go of our judgments. We let go of our condemnations. We simply love as God loves, without condition. I trust the process of spirit. I trust the movement of spirit in through and as each and all of us. Knowing that all of us, sooner or later, will recognize, experience, see, and live in and as that light and that love. Because that is all that there is. God is all there is. And so in gratitude for knowing this, in gratitude for our willingness to be a place that shows up as light and shows up as love, and our willingness to let that shine into the corners of our lives that we have tried to forget about, and to just simply bring love. I'm grateful for each of us who have the courage to walk in the light. And so I release this word into a law that moves into form and expression and experience in through and as each and every one of us in our lives right here and right now. And it is already doing so. This movement is already happening. And we just say, let it be. And so it is.